Good afternoon, everybody. Today is Tuesday, August the 27th. This is episode 18 of Tell Me What You Know. We can vote now. We can vote now. It's yeah. I gotta, to go. do the, yeah. I gotta do the, the dates thing. <laughs> You're about to get really bored for the next couple episodes. Yeah. Figure it out. Uh, episode 18 coming at you. Um, recording on a Tuesday. I don't think we do that very often. Yeah, we're like ahead of the game. Yeah, if anything, if anything big happens in the pop world in the next three days, it will not be on this episode. We'll have to wait till after Labor Day, which is coming this weekend. And with that, college football. I know it was back last weekend, week zero, but this is when it really this starts. Is, yeah, really. That was just like a little teaser, a little appetizer, yeah. a little teaser. Probably a nice little teaser. I'm probably going to eat a bunch of food and drink 15,000 natural lights what's on your, Saturday. Uh, what's your go-to day drinking beer? Uh, yeah, like natural light. Just natty Bud light. light. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Will you, will you throw in like a, a nice beer and then I could move start over? on something potentially? Okay. Mostly it's whatever is at reach at arm's reach. Right. Uh, but typically, if it's an all day football type thing, then you go for quantity. Um, at tailgates and stuff, when moms would bring different foods, what was your favorite thing that a mom would bring? Oh man, I have to and go back a, through our. Uh, you have like a five layer dip you like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always like I don't know any kind of like uh, like some fried chicken or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on the grill. I don't know. I don't really have like a favorite thing. It's mostly just whatever's there. So yeah. I'm so ill prepared when it comes to like the food aspect of the, yeah. of the tailgate. You think people are going to be trying to do the uh, Popeyes chicken sandwich? I went to two Popeyes last weekend to get this damn chicken sandwich, and they were both sold out. And on top of that, these are not Popeyes with drive throughs so I had to get out of my car, walk <laughs> in, and look like an idiot when I turned around. The tragedy and out you had to get out of the car. Yeah, I just get looked at by everybody in there like, oh, this guy's not even a Popeyes chicken fan. He just wants a sandwich. Do you think Popeyes did this? They did this on purpose, right? Like they were they're, – I, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know they why. Don't they don't have wouldn't. enough of them, so they're trying to make demand and try to make it seem like – they're in higher demand than they are. It's either right? that or it's you just see how bad their, you know, I don't know, their, their operations Or maybe are. their operations are just horrible. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they weren't expecting this much demand. Right. They didn't yeah. know the chicken they sandwich didn't know, would be that They didn't know how to scale. Everybody that's had it seems to say it's better than, better any, than other Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A. Or any other chicken sandwich out there. So I, I have a hard again. time to believe that. I'll try. I think it's the whole new factor of it maybe as well. Yeah. But who knows? I haven't tried it yet, so I can't talk on that. All right. Well, um, you have an assignment. We do. We do. And I, I'm going to hop right into mine, if that's okay with you. I can't wait. Okay, Michael. Tell me what you know about Jewel or Jewels. Or Jewels? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the vape Jewels? Could be. Like the just rare, rare mineral? That's a potential. Yeah. Uh, it's not a mineral, probably. Uh, a gem. A gem. Uh, and the only other jewel that's really coming to mind is the singer jewel that I couldn't tell you one of her songs off the top of my head, but I know about all three of those things. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think I nailed on all three, I think. Uh, so let's start with the, uh, the vape pen. Okay. The, the e-cig. Yeah. 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 What do you know about jewel? Uh, it's spelled J U U L classic jewel spelling. Classic. Um, no, I mean, not much other than it's just basically sucking on a nicotine stick. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's that a is. nicotine stick. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I've used it, but mostly just been like, oh, what is this thing? Is it worth, and then I like suck on this thing and I'm like, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um, but I could see getting very addicted to it. Obviously it's just straight nicotine. Yeah. Um, 
What, what else about it? I mean, well, so give me just a little something. A breakdown of it. You can buy them at gas stations, right? You get the starter pack, $49.99. Not cheap. 50 bucks? That's something I did not know. Yeah, $49.99. For that, huh. you get the device, you get the charger, and you get four a four-pack uh, of trial pods. I thought they were going to be like 10 bucks. No, the devices, the starter pack is expensive. Bucks. Oh, right. so, so people really don't want to lose these things. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that people that – it's usually college kids that are out drinking. They probably lose them all the oh, time. Oh, I – that's why you see videos of people crying. They will can't find my jewel. Oh, really? That's why they're crying? Right. Well, <laughs> that, because it's expensive and they're like addicted to it. They're yeah, fiending. Yeah, right, right. They're fiending for it. Uh, but you get a four-pack of trial pods. You get a mango, a Virginia tobacco, a mint, and a cream. Those are the four flavors? Those are the four, four flavors you get. Did they the, outline any of these flavors for being too kitty? So we're going to get to that for sure. Okay. Uh, after that, a four-pack of the pods, at least on their website, is fifteen ninety nine. So one pod is essentially uh, roughly 20 cigarettes. So if you break it down, it probably still costs less than a pack of cigarettes per pod. So four bucks or five bucks per for canister thing? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Little less pod. than $4, $4 a pod. So maybe it's about the same. Maybe it's on, on, on oh, yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. 3% or 5% nicotine. Uh, I, I read that there's been a 78% increase in vaping from 2017 to 2018. I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so Juul, obviously, like the, the big problem with getting in the hands of teenagers who have developing brains and getting addicted to nicotine and all that kind of stuff, Juul stands by their, I guess, their point of view that their product is a quote, our product has always been intended to be a viable alternative for the 1 billion current adult smokers in the world. We have never marketed to youth and we do not want any non-nicotine users to try our products. So they see it as a way to stop smoking, right? Right. And that seems to be working a little bit. Uh, smoking is down, and USA Today said smoking is down 16% uh, to 16% of adults. Smoking classic cigarettes. Correct. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I didn't realize in the 1960s, it was 42% of, of adults. 42%? Smoked. Yeah, it was everywhere. Airplanes, hospitals. Yeah. All, all over the place. That would um, be gross. So that number is down. I'm sure part of that is due to vaping. I'm wondering if a lot of the adult smokers are just dying. And so p- fewer people are smoking growing up because we know more about the dangers of it. Or, or, I mean, you're getting a viable alternative that has some cachet to it. Like, I mean, they can say it's about quitting smoking, but yeah. this is a full-on product. Oh, for sure. You know? Uh, so, they're seeing some that – that quote was actually in, a, in response to a lawsuit that somebody – a mother of two twin daughters has filed a lawsuit against Juul. Uh, basically saying that they became addicted to it. They were sold it underage, even though it was sold by a third party. Mm-hmm. Um says like one of the when they, when they told the daughter that she couldn't jewel anymore, she tried to kill herself. The other daughter lost her honor student status after picking up vaping. Was unmotivated <laughs> to do anything. Uh, nicotine patches aren't working for them. Uh, so they're looking for twenty five thousand dollars in damages and attorney fees. Just twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah, huh. but so so that that's when that quote from from a guy at, at Jewel said, you know, we're only for intended for people who are trying to quit smoking. Uh, and on top of that, they've removed their social media. Play, uh, at, not ads, but social media accounts from Facebook and Instagram to make it less kid-friendly. They've also taken, like you mentioned, some flavors out of the stores. You can only buy them online. You right. can't buy uh, you can't buy the mango ones in a store, for example, right. anymore. Bubble gum. Right, mango or the creme brulee or whatever. You could buy them on their website. Creme brulee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've, there's also a lot of like uh, secondhand, or I guess third-party uh, developers making these pods now, okay. which I don't understand why. I think... It's not illegal for Juul to sell these pods in stores. They just were facing some pressure by, I guess, the FDA. Right. Um, so it wasn't like you have to take them out, but if you don't, we're going to really crack down on it. Right, right, right. 
And so be in your best interest to right. play and ball. So there's so many other third parties. I guess they can't go after all of them. Right. I don't know. I was wondering about this. So so there is some uniform uniformity to the design of these things that, that a third party maker can just sort of make the. It doesn't seem make like the it's, order. I mean, I'm then, not a. I'm not in. I'm not in manufacturing, but it doesn't seem like it's you know rocket science. It's not big right. technology. It's a plastic. Right. But you know how you'd have like some kind of um, machine proprietary right. plug. You know. Right. Only you can. You know. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it at huh. least. Um, lots of lung disease cases are coming up recently. Yeah, that's the other thing I've been seeing. Yeah, um, that I, I, makes I, sense. I mean, you're just—it's just—it can't be good for you. Right? It can't. Anything you do a lot of is going to have some right. real bad downside. Right. And with that, I think you—you you just don't know. And yeah, it could be really bad. Well, you could or you—you know—you people always get like lung infections or like bronchitis yeah. or something. I can yeah, see yeah. it kind of easily, more easily being transferred or, or gotten through that for sure. Well, I'm not jeweling anymore. I'll tell you that much. You're off of jewels. Yeah, no, I, it's, it was too addicting, right? Got to stop. I'm back on real cigarettes now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to kick the habit somehow. Yeah. Just kidding, mother. I got to quit. That's right. I got to quit my jewels, so I'll go back to smoking. Yeah. Anything else on jewel you think of? That was. I think everybody knows what it is. Obviously, the phenomenon is out there, and it's out there. What What, what do you think of people when you see them jeweling? Uh I mean, I, well, it's, to me, it's it looks so like common. Now. What's so funny to me is that it looks like they're just like sucking on a memory stick. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, yeah. you really flash uh, drive. Or yeah, something? sucking on a flash drive. It's just so stupid. It's yeah. like some. Remember, um, did you ever see uh, Looper? That movie yeah. with uh, Bruce Willis, it, and, and they were t- and they had some like futuristic drug in that. Yeah, it seemed kind of like a vape thing. Right. It's like a yeah. I'm just gonna suck on this memory stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get high. It's so dick. weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So lame. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Jewel Kilcher. The singer. The singer. I, Kilcher. Kilcher. With a K. Yes. Kilcher. Okay. Correct. Swiss, I believe, is her She's Swiss. background. Her fair Her, her nationality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, she was born, actually, in Utah, but raised in Homer, Alaska, a pioneer woman. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Anything else you know about her? I don't know Utah? anything about Jewel. What's her biggest song? Um, so she had Who Will Save Your Soul. You are meant for me. Mm-hmm. Hands. <laughs> what I don't know. My hands are small, I know, but they're not yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I don't recognize yeah. it. So, Jewel, and she was also on the roast to Rob Lowe. I think if you remember that or not, she oh. was there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she sang a good song she's, there. She's very pretty. I she mean, is pretty. She had a little snaggletooth. I think it's kind of endearing, oh, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Utah pretty. and then Alaska. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, she is a folk country... Americana, I guess, uh, singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty five years old now. Like I said, born in Utah, raised in Alaska. Her biggest album, "Pieces of uh, Pieces of You," had those had those two songs: "Who Will Save Your Soul," "You Are Meant for Me," which I think most people who grew up in the nineties uh, know that know those songs. Let's take a little break here, and now we're gonna play a song. And we're back. Good setup. All right, <laughs> definitely not putting a song. In. <laughs> <laughs> not um, after that. Yeah, so she uh, she lived in her car for a while, like for years, I think, traveling, living in, in Southern California, and she was just playing gigs all the time. Mm-hmm. Finally got discovered, kind of made it. Wow. Um, she had a relationship with Sean Penn for a while, actually, after he saw her perform on Conan. Yeah. She also was nominated for a handful of Grammys, 
has not won, so she's no closer to the EGOT. No, yes, yeah, still working on the first leg. Yes, yeah. I uh, really that was just a quick bet on Jewel, just because I think it was kind of yeah, fits in. Uh, yeah. But I, I uh, actually do think she's super talented, and I do think uh, she's really funny as well. If you if you yeah. get a chance to watch her on uh, the Rob Lowe roast, or if you've heard on Howard Stern, really great uh, interview, down to earth. So sounds very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you got to live in your car and, and go after your dream like that. That's pretty. That's right. Pretty cool. That's right. So we're gonna move on to the final jewel that I have before the before the uh, for the honorable mentions at the end. Okay. But <laughs> we're talking about the rocks, the gems. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What would you is, consider a jewel? Yeah. Okay. That's that, that was gonna be my my first question. I don't is, have the answer to this. Okay. So it's not. So it's a very general term. Yeah. It's just like a catch-all. Yeah. It's jewelry, right? Oh, jewels. In, yeah. So. I would consider a, a diamond a jewel, maybe sure. like the high side of like, Absolutely. oh, that's the nicest jewel you can find is maybe a, a diamond. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I kind of thought like a gemstone was a real thing, was an actual. Yeah, so gemstones, I mean, I, I would say that's like emeralds, rubies, sapphires. Emeralds, rubies, sapphires. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Crystals, I guess, maybe would be in there as well. Yeah. Um, opal. Opal. <laughs> <laughs> like our birthstones, jewels, I guess, amethyst, all that kind of uh-huh, stuff, right? Uh-huh. Um, Basically, what I'm going to talk about here, I think we've done a really good job covering what we think jewels are. Yeah. Uh, five of the top, five of, the, of, I guess, of the most expensive or most valuable jewels, jewelry, diamonds that there are out there. Start with the graph pink, G-R-A-F-F. Okay. Top 1% to 2% of all diamonds in terms of purity. It was purchased for $46 million in 2010 by Lawrence Graff. The cool thing about this jewel is that it had 25 naturally occurring flaws and Graf was like, you know what? I want to eliminate these and make this a flawless diamond. And you do that at the risk of just ruining the rock, right? Mm-hmm. If you go in there and you mess up r- removing a flaw, I guess it just completely destroys it. Okay. It was successful though. So now it's pretty much the most perfect diamond in the world. It's yeah. I mean, it's up there. I mean, it's, it's been, it's gotten a lot of its flaws taken away. <clears throat> it's pretty much invaluable now. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you put a number on. It's like a one of a kind thing, right? Right. Um, you donate that to like a museum or something. Right. And that has happened before for sure. I'll show you some of these. I'll show you pictures of these as well. Um, this is really good for you at home. We just cut this out. But yeah. Oh man, that's beautiful. Hadn't even come up yet. <laughs> it hadn't, hadn't come up yet. So that's the graph pink. There. Oh wow. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> it's a nice rock. Man, man, if I had $50 million laying around. <laughs> that's right. All right, so the next one, uh, you're going to hear me speak a little French here now. Oh. Now, is this accent as good as your Argentinian? Uh, I'd say they're both pretty flawless. (laughs) Uh, This is... (laughs) It's it's L apostrophe incomparable. (laughs) L'incomparable. I I couldn't do any better. L'incomparable diamond necklace. Uh, Most valuable necklace in the world. It's created by... Moawad, okay, which I'm sure is exactly how you say this person's yeah. name. Uh, Lebanese jeweler. Uh, he's the world. It, it has the world's largest in, internally flawless diamond in this necklace. 407 carats. Oh wow! Yeah, that would make Bugs Bunny go f- ape shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-five million dollars the price. Uh, kind of a sad part about this one. It was found by a little girl living in the in the Congo. And rubble by her house. She gave it to her uncle who sold it to a diamond trader. And now it's worth $55 million. So it could have changed that girl's life yeah, and I mean, family yeah, forever. Right. And it was just taken away, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's a that's a, a natural occurring resource yeah. in the Congo. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts, huh? Yeah. Okay. That does suck. 
Oh, here, you want to see a picture Did of it? Did you ever see Blood Diamond? I did. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough movie. There it is right there. It's this giant yellow thing on the bottom, and it's in this necklace. Oh, my God. That's the... Yeah, that's a bonkers piece of jewelry. That's crazy. It? What do you guys think? Uh, all right. Next one, the Tiffany Diamond. Okay. I mean, I I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you what it looks like. Everybody knows Tiffany's, right? Right. Right. It's a 128.54 carat yellow diamond. It was found in South Africa in 1877. It's only been one, worn by three women in history. The first, Mrs. Sheldon Whitehouse, 1957 at the Tiffany Ball. I assume she's of the Whitehouse family for which our building is named after. <laughs> uh, the second was Audrey Hepburn. Uh-huh. Uh, that was going to be my next guess. Just for publicity photos for the movie Breakfast at Tiffany. Uh, yep. And then most recently, Lady Gaga wore it to the Oscars this year for mm. A Star is Born. Uh-huh. Uh, $30 million price on it. To put that in perspective, A Star is Born had a $36 million budget. So she was basically wearing... <laughs> Almost the movie around her, Correct. around her neck. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll show crazy. you this one. Uh, do you like this? Just say ah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Did you see Ocean's Eight? Yeah. Uh, no, or, that or was Ocean, no. It, it was the one with Sandra Bullock with all the females. I, yeah, I they, not they, seen they that do. One. That was the plot of this one. They they the get Tiffany Diamond. Yeah, it would be like getting Lady Gaga to be in on the heist of that diamond, right? And that, that would be like the that's the plot of Ocean's right. Eight. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Next one is the Oppenheimer Blue. Sorry, there's only this one and one more. Uh, it's a 14.62 carat blue diamond. It has set a world record for the largest fancy vivid blue diamond to ever be sold at auction. Hmm. It was sold for 50.6 million. The final payout was 57 and a half million. Uh, the cool thing about this one, it's rare color. It's this really like kind of deep blue color. It's a type 2B diamond, which is uh, it's 0.1% of all naturally occurring diamonds in the world. 0.1%. Yeah. Wow. It's, so it's the rarest of the rare pretty much, right? Hmm. The final diamond, the Hope Diamond. Yep. I think you've probably heard of that one, right? Yes. Uh, probably the most famous diamond. Currently insured for $250 million. Wow. Yeah. There's, it's really no price on it. Do you know where it is? It, it, uh, yeah. It's in the National Museum of Natural History. It was uh, it, donated. Here. Is that here? Yeah. Is that here in D.C.? Yeah. 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 I, think, right. I was going to say, I've like seen the Hope Diamond. Yes. Yeah. 45 and a half carats. Uh, has, a, has kind of a cool history. It was sold to Louis XIV in 1669. Louis. That's right. 220... Uh, <laughs> 220 of some kind of word that I'm not sure how to pronounce. <laughs> what, this, this currency, it's L-I-V-R-E-S, livres, I guess. I have mm-hmm. no idea, but it could have been, yeah, it's probably it's French as well. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't speak French. Very lazy language. Yes. Uh, anyway, 220,000 of those was about the equivalent of 147 kilograms of pure gold. Wow. Yeah. So he bought that diamond along with like 100,000 other diamonds. Um, it's now, it's been donated to the, natu- the National Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's encased in three-inch glass, and it's mm-hmm. got a mechanism to it. So if there's any foul play, it drops it just, out of sight. Just goes away. Yeah, that's crazy. It just drops out of sight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just go over there and see it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just go steal it. Let's. Yeah. No, we will not. <laughs> um, no, that's pretty cool. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> uh, some, some. Uh, I got some good runners up here. Some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heart of the Ocean from Titanic. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't know where that is. That's right. It was, uh, it was painted on Kate Winslet when she, that's all she was wearing in that, that scene, I believe. Um, family jewels, <laughs> some pretty important jewels as well. Yeah. yeah uh, and then finally, uh, jewels from Superbad, Emma Stone, shout out to her. Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. that, yeah. That's really far out there. Yeah. She was, she was jewels. She uh, went to, uh, my high school for a year. Oh, wow. Emma Stone. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So that's going to do it for jewels. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. I'm, I loved it. All right, great. I mean, amazing. Yeah, good topic. I always like it when you do three, three topics off of one word. Okay. Well, I'm gonna keep it 
all with one topic. All right. This is a, a thing that I had always heard about, but I never really looked into it any more than I hadn't really ever looked into it. Including the research for today. <laughs> Actually, I, I enjoyed my research for today. Okay. Um, Michael, tell me what you know about Scotty Cameron. Oh, okay. Uh, the putter fame. Uh-huh. Uh, Scotty Cameron. That's really all I know. I'm sure, I guess he has, there's some kind of partnership with Titleist now, but I don't know when that started or if it, mm-hmm. he had anything to do with that or if he was just a, I don't even know if he, I guess he was a golfer, this, so maybe you're kind he wasn't of even the, a golfer. So you're kind of in the same boat as I was like, yeah. I'd always heard people talk about this and like, oh my God, I got to have a Scotty Cameron putter. Yeah. People always showing them off or whatever. They're going to, they're going to be with me my entire life kind yeah. of thing. And I know nothing about how they. Yeah. I mean, I, I would assume that Scotty Cameron was either a golfer or he was a guy who made golf clubs with one of those two, or he could have just been a guy. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little about him. Uh, so or it, the brand, it rather. is a, a man. Okay. It's a man. And it's not like, and I was wondering if it was going to be somebody from like a long time ago and they just sort of like used the name. No, it, it, he is the designer of these golf clubs. Okay. Um, he was born in the early sixties mm-hmm. in California. Um, so he's still, he's young. Yeah. Yeah. He's still pretty young. He's yeah. still like the main driving force. Like he, he just, he does a lot of videos on their website. As you mentioned, they're owned by Titleist, which is own has its own uh, people that own that, its own corporations above it that own it, but it's driving forces Titleist. Yeah. Um, and just a real quick point there, when they're designing the club, like they mostly use Titleist golf balls to to, to determine, uh, you know, how they perform. So like, I guess maybe they'd say if you have a Scotty Cameron putter, you should use a Titleist ball. Okay. But that's not a requirement. Uh, anyways. You play Bridgestone. We're just going to get that out there. There's no... Uh... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's actually... We're not playing ti- favorites. Tiger, Tiger has a Scotty Cameron putter and he uses Bridgestone <laughs> golf balls. So it's not a hard and fast rule or anything. Right. Uh, I just I listened to one of the videos. He mentioned that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, his father introduced him to golf. Okay. And they and he also introduced him to like golf club making. So they would play and then they would go home and engineer and like fiddle with different golf club designs. And, and they would kind of like work together on them. Um, so it, it, I'm using this in quotes because this comes from the website. But with him, he thinks with the putter – the idea was when it's finished, it should look like it melts into the ground. It should appeal emotionally as well as physically. And that I, I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, because you've got to be, when you're looking down at, at, at a golf ball or something, you, you've got a million ideas going through your head. Like, you got to like the way it looks. I don't care if it's like this ball, this club will hit it so far, or, or you'll be guaranteed to make this putt like a Rodney Dangerfield. Oh yeah, uh, super putter. Yeah. So for me, it'd be more appealing if it was uh, the, the the catchphrase was that it was very aerodynamic and will not break when it bounced off a tree. Type thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, be a good thing. Though, if yeah. Not, not a, yeah. When you toss it into a tree. Mm-hmm. Um. So he lives in Carlsbad with his family, and that's where he is. I've brought this up before, but San Diego has so many golf club makers and golf business businesses there. I just wanted to. Put a little uh, yeah, so list Carlsbad together. Is just a, is that a Carlsbad right is a uh, it's a city north of San Diego, but it's like San Diego proper. Mm-hmm. Is basically how you you say it. But it's it's um on the water, beautiful. I mean, my, one of my favorite places to be in the country. Place I would potentially like to retire to. Oh, um, Aldila, Cal- Callaway, Carbite, Cobra, La Jolla Club, Scotty Cameron, Odyssey Golf, TaylorMade, Titleist. They're all in. San Diego, Carlsbad area. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. Uh, so in the late 80s, 
He was designing golf clubs, putters specifically, for Ray Cook Golf Company, Max Fly, Cleveland Classics, uh, Founders Golf, and Mizuno. Okay. So that was in the late 80s, early 90s. In 1992, he founded Cameron Golf International with his wife. All right. So for in 1992, they were like, all right, we got putters. We got this is your design. Uh, let's go find players that want to hit this thing. So in 93, he got Bernard Langer to use his putter and he won the Masters with it. Mm. And at that point, everyone was like, all right, I got to figure, I got, I, I got to go talk with Scotty about this putter thing. Yeah. Um, so in 1994, Scotty Cameron partnered with Titleist to exclusively make putters for them. It was a big bidding war, like multiple people were going yeah. after him. But he got to stay underneath the Scotty Cameron name. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's very – it started from a very um, custom-built manufacturing process. So it's like, I'm, let's make Bernard Langer's club now. Like, Greg Norman brought Adam Scott over to his facility in San Diego when Adam Scott was nine to oh, meet wow. with him and talk. So he's been working with Adam Scott for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, works, like, very closely with with – I mean, a lot of PGA professionals because a lot of PGA professionals play Scotty Cameron. Right. Um, do you have Do you have a Scotty Cameron? Have you ever like wanted one or putted with My one? My dad had an old Scotty Cameron, and now that I think about it, I mean, it could have been that old because it sounds like ninety two. Exactly. I mean, but it looked very old, and it was like a blade putter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used it for a while. It had kind of a bent shaft, and then he was like, "Yeah, I want it back because it's." A, a, like a, I don't know if it's an original, but it was a really old Scotty Cameron. So I played with it for a while growing up. Uh, now I just use a little ping answer, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how did I wonder how they were able to get uh, Langer on the hook to to be like, yeah, I'll play this putter that nobody knows about. Yeah, I, I didn't get too much of the, the background. <laughs> I know, I know. I I think so. Scotty Cameron was not like a nobody coming in here. He wasn't just some guy tooling totally See, right yeah. away. I mean, he, he he had worked for some like. Yeah, large companies sure. and also has always been around golf mm-hmm. um and and he, the way he, he i mean he's one of the most passionate people about putting you can find so i i'm pretty sure he was convincing and um and yeah i w- actually would like to hear more from bernard langer about you know why he made that decision and also how c- kind of like cool he saw it as being like sort of the pioneer of bringing right. scotty cameron to pga pros yeah yeah that's pretty cool. Um, so what kind of talking about the engineering of them. So it's milled from like a piece of st- stainless steel. Like, and I do know, but when you look at Scotty camera, it's like the milled putters, Yeah, which basically just means outfitted from like a single piece of metal and polished down. Okay. So the head is actually, I mean, there's so much engineering there, but you could basically take a, a rectangular piece of metal use a machine to to either mm. grind down and then polish, and that's how he creates his designs. Um, I've watched a couple of videos of him. He just has like a, a workshop, uses a pen, pencil to just kind of create these new designs, and then will uh, kind of make a quick little prototype, mm-hmm. see if he's on going on the right direction, might send it to somebody. I'm going to get into a little bit more of this, but he is a really big – he has like a ton of like glossary, like names and abbreviations that he uses – uh, so when he has like an idea, he calls it J-A-T. He puts J-A-T on the putter. Just a thought. Okay. Just a thought. And he stamps that in and then he sends it to tour players. So they, they're looking at it. They kind of know the way he marked it. Oh, this is J-A-T. Just a thought. Um, there's some other things I'm going to get to later. Okay. But um, the ideal putter length sets your eyes one to two inches inside of the target line to allow you to execute the proper arcing putting stroke while, my, while maintaining... 
good posture and balance. Okay. Wait. So so the the way he sees right. it, and, and I've heard Tiger talk a lot about this, is that when you're at a dress, the ball the the line of the putter is, is aimed at where you want it to go. Mm. But then when you when you take it back in your backswing, it the the toe of it opens up a little bit. Like like a door opening, like it it doesn't just go back and 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 the the line of the putter stays perfectly straight all the way through, so you kind of open it up, you like you give it to give it to the catcher a little bit, and then when it comes back, you want it to to get back to close right, just like a normal golf swing, yeah, and then continue through, and then the and then the putter's toe follows through. Okay, so that's when he's saying you want that line to be. It sets your eyes one to two inches inside of the target line to allow you to execute the proper arcing putting stroke. And that's what he says. Now, he's, but again, he's not going to be like crazy about the way you need to do something because it's, everybody's different. So if you want to do something that come to the shop and and get in and and we'll, we'll make something custom for you. Uh, So you can, you can do that. You can go to anybody go, anybody can go. Was he, that cost you like th- four months' salary? Well, so buying buying one of these uh, might be like five hundred bucks, which yeah. it's an expensive putter. Yeah, I mean, but you hit half the shots on the round, depending on how good you are uh, on the green. I mean, it's a really important uh, piece of equipment for you sure. for your game. So yeah, you can go to Encinitas, which is another community in north of San Diego. Yeah. Uh, and he has this, he calls this like a gallery. Shop on the 405 and head down Encinitas. <laughs> it's, it's right. It's off the 101, <laughs> yeah. PCH. Uh, and so yeah, you can go there. I really want to do this now. Uh, but yeah, you can go, you, you get putter fitted, basically. I mean, as soon as you mention Scotty Cameron, I give you, it'll be within six months that you'll have a Scotty Cameron bag. <laughs> I already did that to you for the AirPods. Yeah. Can't do it back to me on my Scotty Cameron. Part. Okay. Three months. You'll have a Scotty Cameron. <laughs> Actually golf season's almost over. It'll be by, by next uh, spring when it's time to play golf again, you will have a Scotty Cameron. You might be right. Yeah. If I go to Bandon Dunes next year, which I think I am. Yeah. Why not add a thousand dollars onto the, yeah. <laughs> onto the $5,000 <laughs> I'll trip. make a, a fly through Carl's better. Right. Go to Encinitas. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, these golf clubs are just are kind of crazy. So back to the gallery, you can go there and he's and he makes he makes custom clubs that are kind of like on spec that you can go buy for like ten thousand uh, dollars. Do you like irons and stuff like that as well? Uh, no, just, no, just no, no, no. He, he just does putter. He just does putters. But like as I was a saying, ten thousand dollar putter. You can go. It's just there is no price for it. The way he it's says one it's one of a like, kind it, type thing. It's sort of like one yeah. of a, one of a kind. Maybe he only he only made like ten of these. Mm-hmm. Or, these were just these were like JATs. These were just thoughts. Yeah. So, but you can go and he had like one he made out of like alligator. He has like an alligator club head to it. And there's so there's a whole element of like, like a head cover type a thing? head cover. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Scotty Cam are pretty much the only not the only ones I see having uh, head covers for. But if you pay five hundred bucks, you're gonna put a club head cover on that. Yeah, you don't want to chip it. You don't want to hit it on a rock. Exactly, like my like my pitching wedge. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so he he. I heard him talk about this one. He was like, "It's so expensive to make. It's kind of a pain." But like when I was finished with it, man, it was beautiful. Mm. So I think he kind of sees the benefit, or he sees the crossover between like an apple sort of way yeah. between the art and function, fashion, and oh, it's it's never complete fashion. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as I was saying, he's got a Scotty Cameron glossary. Okay, uh, with some fun things in it give me some key terms um i'll try to guess them if they're acronyms all right uh there are pretty much all nearly all acronyms all right uh m-i-h uh, you're gonna use it in a sentence yeah uh all right guys uh we gotta we really gotta finish this up m-i-h uh 
have no idea. <laughs> MIH stands for make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. He talks a lot about he talks a lot about that in like the is entrepreneurial that like, okay. sense of the word. Like, let's, oh my yeah. god, I have this idea. Let's make it happen. Like, is that like, oh, this club has been approved. This is great. Let's make it happen. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is not a jet anymore. He sees it as like, uh, yeah, it's like it, you talk about that. It's like one year from idea to to production line. Okay, one year. So yeah, that would be one. It's like I've made this spec. Uh, I've now brought the engineers in. Let's yeah. MIH. Yeah. Let's make it happen. NJAT, not just a thought. <laughs> make it happen. Uh, NJAT. GC, good club. Uh, yeah. So uh, some clubs have SCG written on them, stamped on them. SCG. Um, um, I have no idea. So that stands for Scotty Cameron Garage. That means that that club was made in his garage. Oh, okay. So maybe if it's really old, maybe your dad's club has an SCG yeah, on it. Maybe. That would be kind of, a, that'd be pretty rare. SCM. Just Scotty Cameron's manufactured. Just, yeah, Scotty Cameron made. Made. Um, his favorite type of steel, GSS. Something stainless steel. Just German stainless steel. German stainless yeah, steel. Yeah, we're going to throw, uh, oh, we're making this out of GSS. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, I'm going to skip because these are my favorites. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is kind of funny. Uh, so, you, have you ever looked at a, a Scotty Cameron putter and you've seen the way Scotty Cameron's written on it? Yeah, it's like it's, offset. It's all offset and stuff. So that's it's called Crazy Cameron. Spell with a K though. Uh, it really, does it really not zany. on the website. They don't they don't spell with a K, but yeah. I think they should. But it's Crazy Cameron. Yeah, and this was given to him because uh, it's when Scotty stamps each letter crooked to give the illusion that the letters are dancing. What a guy. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got a circle T. So it's like a T with a circle around Trademark. it as a stamp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just made for the tour. That's that, If you found one of those, you'd be like, oh, so this club was made for a PGA Pro, used on tour. Mm. And then my favorite, Circle L. And Circle L, he makes it just for his friends. The L stands for loser. Oh, wow. Yeah, you big loser. You know, Scotty Cameron, you got you got one made for you. So that'd be a good one to have. Just so everybody out there knows, he just did the L with his finger and thumb on his forehead when he said that. <laughs> did not. <laughs> I did not. Uh, yes, yeah, Circle L. Bunch of losers. Um, spends a lot of time now in Tokyo. Just guys being guys, razzing just their friends. Just razzing. Wow. Bunch of razzlers. Um, and if you order one, you get a custom a custom club made by Scotty Cameron. Puts the initials of who the putter was made for uh, in, at the back cavity or near the toe of the club. Yeah. So if you pick one up, you can look to see if it was actually made for whoever was telling you it's theirs. Oh, okay. So there you go. So it's a little bit more about uh, Scotty Cameron. How many strokes does it immediately take off my game if I spend $800 on a putter? It's entirely up to you. I was listening to him talk about this, and the way he sees it is you, the human, holding the holding a putter, hitting the ball, does something. Sounds go like backwards. a racket to me. <laughs> Well, so no, so you're you're the player affecting the club, and the club affects the ball. So the other way to look at it is the ball is affected by the club that's affected by the person. So like, just changing one of these elements doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get better. Uh. It's saying, what would it do for your game if we made the tool work for all of your tendencies already? So like. It's just trying to give you that last bit of edge. Okay. Um, but I mean, he 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 he's like a lover of this. Like he has this full facility with with all these high speed cameras that are that are looking to to see if oh that club face was a little open at when you hit it. 
Um, and when they were when he was talking, like Tiger Woods was probably at the facility the most of any tour player he had seen. Yeah, him and uh, Brad Faxon were like always there, basically, just always tooling and working. And I mean, that's how you win tournaments: is you putt. Yeah. So that's true. What's his handicap? Scotty's? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Is he a good golfer, would you say? Well, he yeah, I think, he, I think he's a good golfer. Okay. Um, his first name is not Scotty. It's Don. Don T. Scotty Cameron. I don't, and I tried, I tried to find why, is why middle, his name is Scotty. I think Scotty was just a nickname for a him. A nickname? Yeah. Or it, maybe it was his dad. I, I don't think it was his dad because I would have read that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you for sure wouldn't have missed that. Yeah. Maybe I did, and I just thought your book reading blew it. Yeah, you blew it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sorry to do another golf themed topic, but I thought Scotty Cameron was kind of a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. Well, so I, also in thinking about this, just real quick, do you know how there are these certain like you play video games? Would there be a video game like a designer that makes like really custom controllers or something that you would go like Alienware always makes like custom good. Uh, computers or something like do you just appreciate other um industries or something where there's like some super high-end brand that's sort of driven by one person or one designer uh i mean there's definitely like ferrari yeah i mean i wouldn't say there's anything like that in video games there's like better versions than whatever the stock option is right right but nothing that's like oh this is custom made for your hands but you wouldn't have yeah it wouldn't have it be where if you talk to another gamer you'd be like oh you've got a I mean, I'm you'd be like, oh, a name that wouldn't be racist. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I just some Asian name. I was going to. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> naturally. Uh, no, I don't think that really exists, but I do get what you're saying. <laughs> For sure. Um, no, I don't think that really exists, but I, but. Uh, In time. Well, now that Ninja has got an Adidas contract. Yeah, it's true. So it's coming. He does have an Adidas contract now. Just Crazy. watch. There's some guy trying to get Ninja to play with his controller. Be the oh, I mean, there Cameron are there are like like c- companies that just make controllers for sure, mm-hmm. but or just make like peripherals for. Also, Ninja doesn't use a controller; he's mouse and keyboard. So, oh, whatever. Yeah, and he's got he's got like his custom. So he mice. would have a custom mouse. Yeah, yeah final mouse. I think is what it's called. That's final mouse. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Super lightweight. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for telling me about Scotty Cameron. I hope mm-hmm. you learned a lot about jewels and jewelry. And uh, I want a jeweled Scotty Cameron putter. Yes. I'm going to go listen to some Jewel while jeweling and playing with some jewelry. Um, We will be back next week after Labor Day. Everybody have a good Labor Day, a safe Labor Day. Enjoy some time off. Enjoy some football. We will see you next time. Go dogs. Go dogs.